Hey everyone, welcome to episode 131, Improving Their Behavior with Kodak Moments. Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. Oh my goodness. So before I get into today's topic, if you were to look at me right now, my eyes are all puffy because I just had one of the ugly cries. I got that term from Oprah. You know when the ugly cry, when your face gets all contorted and you just can't stop it no matter what anybody says or does and you just have to like let it go like a tidal wave? I just had that experience and I feel so much better. It's like a good laugh. I've just been upset about some stuff going on with some family members that aren't doing so hot with their health. And there's been some local stuff in the news that has just been really gut-wrenching that's happening to kids and some crimes against children in our area. And just, I've been so emotionally invested. And so I went to Grady's school today for a Grandparents' Day event. And I'm there with my mom and I walk her in, I drop her off and the music's going. And it's just erupted all these emotions of like, it was like my life just flashed before my eyes of all the stuff that I've been holding in of how upset I am about what's happening to some kids in our area, the health issues of a family member, the music, the infertility. We thought these days would never come. I was like, I was like sad for what was going on. And then I was also like feeling so much gratitude and the school did such an amazing job. And so I went up to a volunteer and I just asked her a simple question. And all of a sudden my voice started cracking mid-sentence. I'm like, it was like I was having an out-of-body experience. I'm like, what's going on? Kelly, what are you doing? What are you doing? It's like the movie Inside Out. And I was like having an out-of-body experience. I'm like, what are you doing? Stop crying. Why are you crying? Why are you crying? You're just out talking to a volunteer. What are you doing? And then they came even faster. And then I started apologizing for crying. And I was like, I don't know what's happening. In my head going, what is going on? I, I just couldn't stop it. The waterworks just started. And she's like, no, it's okay. It's okay. And then the more I tried to put a lid on it, the more it came out. She was probably like, what are you, what, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I'm just checking in volunteers. Like, what are you doing here, lady? Like, that's a lot coming at me hot. And so then I kept apologizing because the whenever your reaction doesn't fit the setting, so to speak, like when you flip out on your kids for no reason, apparently, or you think it's because of X, Y, Z, and it's really not, it's because you're holding something else in. And so our kids, if you ever lose it on them and you don't know why, or it's just like you just see red, just get super curious about what's going on. Because I went back in the car and I'm like, what is going on, Kelly? What was that all about? And so I knew what it was all about, but I just couldn't reel it in. And it was just a bad setting and a bad situation. And then I had so much guilt and shame about what does she think about me? So afterwards I went up to her and she's like, you good? And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I don't know what happened. I'm just really upset about some stuff going on. And I, 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 cause I kind of articulated it out loud to her a little bit. And when I started talking about why I was upset, then she started to like get upset with me. And then I was like, and I said, and once I started, I couldn't stop. It was like a volcano. I felt like a Coke bottle that I was about to explode. She's like, oh my gosh, I totally get it. She's like, I hope that I helped you because I was just checking in volunteers. And I'm like, you did. And we were like, I was like apologizing to her and she was apologizing to me. And so all that to say, it just helped me remember remember 
all of our humanity about when our kids are upset and we can't understand why she had no idea why I was upset. She didn't even know my name. And so she was probably genuinely confused of why I was so upset. And I wasn't upset at her. I wasn't even complaining to her. I was just literally asking her a simple question. And in that question, I started to give her a little bit of details why I was upset, separate from her. And it just all started bubbling out and I couldn't stop it. And so that just reminds me and reminds us of when our kids are really upset that it usually has nothing to do with the sippy cup not being this right color, or it has to do with that. And they don't know how to manage the emotion of what they're feeling. And so the opposite of, if she would have said to me, imagine if she would have said to me, um, stranger lady, you need to get a grip. What's wrong with you? Are you bipolar? Act your age, get your act together. What's your deal? Grow up, like all these things. Like she would have shamed me even more for a feeling that I was just having a natural reaction to life circumstances happening that had nothing to do with her, I would have felt so bad and so guilty and remembered in my head, next time I have a problem, not to go to this person. And we don't want that for our kids. If we want our kids to come to us with all the things and we wanna have that open door policy that we all want so much, and we wanna have that close connected relationship, we have to make sure that that open door policy is a safe and it's healthy and it's connected. And it's almost like, I got you, boo. And she was so good in that moment. She's like, I totally, I totally understand. And I got it. I got you covered because I needed a little help in a situation. So I just asked her for a little help. And in that asking for help is when I got so emotional. And she's like, okay, I got it. I got you. I got you. And she was pretty much saying, I got your back. I don't know who you are, but I got your back. Okay. And that felt so connecting. And I wanted to hug her afterwards. She's probably like, lady, you need to go to a psych ward. And so we have to remember that with our kids. When we're upset, what do we need? When we're upset and we go to our spouse or we go to our sister or we go to a friend or we go to our boss, if that's someone who we feel safe with, we go where it's safe. If she would have ridiculed me or shamed me or done any of the things that I've done in the past when my kids get upset and it's not at a convenient time, then what they realize is that open door policy comes with conditions. It comes with strings. But the safer we make it and the more we allow them to feel their feelings and get it out, you feel so much better afterwards. I feel so connected to her. She feels so connected to me. Again, still doesn't know my name. I don't know her name either. I want to go thank her, but it all happened so fast. And so if we can give that gift to our kids of holding the space when they're upset and nothing's gone wrong, I've got your back. This is completely part of the human experience because afterwards she said, oh my gosh, I totally know how that is. When you start crying and then you can't stop and then it just keeps going and going and going. I was like, yes, she gets me. Again, still don't know her name. But do you see that gift that we can give to our kids? So this kind of plays in really well because... Afterwards, I felt so close to her. I felt so much better after getting it off my chest of just like having the good cry because I've been holding in so many things over the last couple of weeks of just seeing stuff that's going on. I'm like, what is happening? And some things that are happening with personal friends and their parents and their grandparents and their kids. I'm like, what is going on? It's just so much. And then it just all came bubbling out when I asked for help in this situation. And so the reason why I titled today's episode, Improving Their Behavior with Kodak Moments. If you go back to the years of Kodak days, where you used to have to take a picture, put it on 35 millimeter film, wasn't that what it was called? And then you had to bring it to Walgreens and then you used to have to buy them all. And then it got to a point where the pictures would be ready in an hour. And then you got to pick the ones that you really wanted. I was like, oh my goodness, it's amazing. So whenever we do the 24 exposure and we pick up all 24, there would be probably 14 of them we'd keep because those were the Kodak moments. And so they made a whole commercials and all the commercials about catching the Kodak moments. And so I went to the Googles to find out what Kodak moment meant to them to kind of articulate it. And there's something called Wiktionary, which I didn't even know. I've heard of Wikipedia, but I've never heard of Wiktionary. And they they say, it's a moment worth a photo. It's from the Eastman Kodak Company advertising campaign. It's a sentimental or charming moment worthy of capturing in a photograph. 
So that's what the Googles and Wiktionary, whatever that is, came up with. And so I asked you, and you guys always come up with better ideas than the internet because you think outside the box. And you said things like a memory you want to save or a time when everyone looks nice. So true, Nicole. Emily says a moment in life when you wish time would stand still. So true. Other definitions were it's a picture worthy moment to save. Better take a picture quick because it's a Kodak moment. A moment worth remembering in print. A moment in time to capture and remember. Perfection. Once in a lifetime moments. Raw and rare. Picture perfect situation. It's a saved memory or a time to take a picture. Heather says, a moment you'll want to remember forever. You need to take a picture to keep the memory. Michelle says, okay, does that say Kodak like the camera or Kodak like the large white bear? <laughs> and Marika says, well, my dog is called Kodak. So anytime he bit anyone, it was a Kodak moment. That's such a cute name. Oh my goodness. I love that. And Christy kind of sums it up here where she says, I think of it like a memory mental note that will forever be embedded in my photographic and emotional memory and in my heart. That is a Kodak moment. So I want to tell you a story, which I've told you before, about when I was teaching and I was just nagging and whining my students. It felt like I was just exhausted by all the whack-a-mole teaching that I was doing because I was always like, stop hitting, stop talking, get to work, stop calling out, stop sitting on your knees. I was telling them all the things that I wanted them to stop doing. And remember when Mark Lykins said under his breath, I feel like she's always mad at us. I was like 21, 22 years old, fresh out of college, trying to figure out what was going on. On, like becoming a grown up. This is stuff is hard becoming a grown up. What are you talking about, Mark? In my head, I never even acknowledged that he said that, but I remember thinking, of course he thinks that. He thinks I don't even like them because I'm such a nag. I was so whiny. I was so like, stop, stop, stop. I was like talking like this, you guys, stop. Like that kind of energy. Ugh. And so I went home that day and it was like a eureka moment that I talk about all the time. And the next day went into school and focused on all they were doing right and what they were doing that I wanted to see more of. Like, thanks for sitting on your bottom. Look how hard Kwame's working. Diana, look at you raising your hand when you have a question. I'm so impressed with you. You must be so proud of yourself. Putting it back on them of how proud they must be of themselves. You all are such a wonderful class. I love being with you. I like being with you. And it turned into a much more positive experience and I had much more energy. Next week, we're talking about tempering the tantrums. I was listening to a lot of different YouTube about how to tame the tantrums and how to hold the space and how to teach them that this is part of the human experience and nothing's gone wrong versus stop it, go to your room, leave me alone, act sweet, be nice, all those things when that doesn't really mean anything. If that volunteer would have said, snap out of it to me today, I wouldn't have been able to. Even if she said, your child would be kicked out of the school if you don't snap out of it. We think the consequence is going to be so great that they're never going to do it again when they're literally just having a human experience. And I was having a human moment. It was very real and raw in that moment. And she just was like totally hit out of left field. Like, who is this chick? And so she would have said, snap out of it or this will happen to you. I wouldn't have been able to snap out of it. I had to like go through. I had to ride the wave, so to speak. And I felt so much better afterwards. And I felt connected to her afterwards because she didn't guilt or shame me or tell me to snap out of it because she's been there and she knew that I couldn't snap out of it, even if I wanted to. So this is a gift we can give to our kids that nothing has gone wrong. Now, there are ways to make these tantrums happen with less intensity, less frequency, and less duration, but we don't ever want them to go away because then we're creating these robotic children. We want to teach them about emotional literacy, and the only way we can teach them about emotional literacy is if they bring us the emotion and we tell them what to do with the emotion when they have it. We have to know first what we do with our emotions. Do you see how this is always an inside job? Not that anything's our fault, but the way that we help our kids with their emotions is the same way that we help ourselves with our emotions. What do we do 
And a lot of times we weren't taught it, not because something has gone wrong and we had horrible parents. It's because maybe your parents didn't know what to do with those tricky emotions when they felt them. So it's monkey see, monkey do. We're just repeating what we were taught. And if we were never taught it, then it's like teaching a second language and we don't know the language to begin with or teaching our child how to read and we don't know how to read first. So this is why it's so imperative that we see this parenting and our relationship with our child as a way to grow ourselves as well as helping them grow up. But they're gonna teach us so much more than we're ever gonna be able to teach them. So when I was listening to all these different YouTubes and reading books and doing all the things to get ready for next week's episode, I came across a pediatrician who talked about a lot of different things that we've talked about. And he also talked about catching the Kodak moments. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. Tell me more, doctor. And he said, throughout the day, I want you to catch your child doing 10 things that are Kodak moments. Now they're more like Instagram moments or the Facebook moments. Those moments that you just capture, the Kodak moment are all the things that we've talked about. Are those moments that are worth repeating. They're memories. They're caught in our heart. They're the good stuff. And a lot of times we just take for granted the good stuff because our brain is always looking for danger and it's always looking for the bear around the corner to come eat us. And it doesn't really appreciate the good because it's so afraid of feeling vulnerable. So it runs from vulnerability. And then when it feels it a little bit, it just kind of pushes it away. It's always looking for danger. That's the way the brain's wired. It's there to protect us. Just like our dogs, they're always here to protect us. They're always out looking for danger. And so your brain is doing that. Without mind management, your mind will manage you instead of you managing your mind. So you have to train your brain and I have to train my brain to look for the Kodak moments. The Kodak moments are when our kids are doing what we take for granted, what they quote unquote should be doing when they're just living life. So catch your kids in those Kodak moments and then reinforce those Kodak moments. Just like when Mark Lycan says, I feel like she's always mad at us. That was a eureka moment of all I was doing was focusing on what they were doing wrong because my brain was set to look out for danger. It did not want to feel vulnerable. It did not want to feel joy. Joy is one of the scariest emotions because whenever the brain feels joy, it's like, oh, you better watch out. It's going to be taken away from you. I love helping people lose weight. And when I help people, if they have to lose 50 pounds and they lose the first 20, they'll literally be so excited. And then they'll say, I'm so excited I lost 20 pounds. I feel amazing. I have 30 more to go, but I'm sure it's all water weight. It happens literally every single sink and honkin' time. And that's just the brain's doing the brain's job versus leaning into that joint and leaning into the vulnerability because the brain's been hurt by vulnerability before. We've all been hurt. So when it starts to feel a little bit of that vulnerability, it runs from it. It's like, oh, no, no, we're gonna keep looking for danger because that's safer, but it's also not more fun. So catch your kids in 10 Kodak moments a day. Catch your spouse in 10 Kodak moments a day. Make deposits. This is a great way to be a proactive parent versus a reactive parent. This will not feel natural. This will not be easy. This will feel vulnerable. This will feel icky. This will feel hard. And we're gonna do it anyway. Do it with your pets. It's easy to do with our pets. Do it with your kids. Do it with your spouse. Do it with anyone living within your four walls. Do it 10 times every single stinking honking day. If you do that for seven days, that'll be 70 deposits that you've made. And what happens over time is you actually rewire your brain to look for what they're doing right. 10 a day. If 10 feels like too much and you want to go for B minus or C, go for five. You make your own rubric. If you want to do extra credit, go for 15 a day. Keep a tally sheet in your pocket. Keep a pen in your pocket. And every time you do it, put a little dot on your finger until all 10 fingers are marked up. I'll even let you, if you have more than one child and you compliment them all at once or you give them a reinforcement for what they're doing right when you catch them and be specific. I love how hard you're working on that artwork versus like, that's so pretty. Focus on their efforts. Focus on the character development that you want to see in them. Focus on the character traits. 
I love how beautiful your heart is, the way you shared, like, that must have been really hard to give up that toy. I know it's hard for me sometimes when I have my phone and I have to give it up to XYZ. Connect with them on the emotions. Focus on what they're doing right and you're gonna see so much more of it. If you focus on what they're doing wrong, which is the natural default setting of what the brain will do without mind management, you will see more of that. It works both ways, I promise. So look for the Kodak moments. I want 10 a day for seven days. We don't wanna overwhelm the brain. If you miss a day, guess what? Guess what will happen if you miss a day? Absolutely nothing. You go for 10 the next day. What if you get eight? What happens? No one's gonna send you to bed without supper. We are grownups. We are the adults now. Nothing happens. Guess what happens if you do zero and you nag and you scream all day? Nothing, absolutely nothing. No one can send you to bed without supper. You are in charge of you. And the best part, once you start looking for these Kodak moments, you're probably gonna find much more than 10 a day. I love you guys and I'll talk next week. Hey mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.